let's get into this morning's message because we're in our final part of our series out of the book of Mark. And I'm going to conclude this morning uh, just by looking at uh, what we can learn through uh, our passage in Mark about being uh, disciples of Jesus. Because as we've followed uh, Jesus' journey through Mark, we've seen uh, the disciples have had a really uh, interesting uh, journey as they've kind of walked with him. And I don't know about anyone else, but I find that my life has been pretty interesting since I've started walking with Jesus and continues to be so. Amen? And so it's a good it's a good, interesting. Uh, but our text this morning is out of Mark 10, verses 42 to 45. And it's a story that's also found in the book of Matthew, uh, not in Luke and John. And we're going to pick up the passage in uh, Mark 42, just after James and John have asked if they can have a place of uh, influence and a place of honor next to Jesus when he takes his throne. And so it says this in Mark 10, 42. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who, have rega- who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that it is uh, truth, Father, that is good for correction, Father God, that is good for instruction, uh, and that is good for living out our lives as followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray this morning that uh, by your Holy Spirit, you will just speak to each and every individual. Father, I pray that you would use me this morning, Father, for your will and for your purpose. Uh, Lord, let the words that I speak, again, be multiplied, uh, Father, into every person's heart this morning, because you know everything that's going in our lives. You know every detail of what we're going through. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you have, has everyone got their handouts and their notes this morning? Uh, if you don't have a handout, the, our key verses are there on the handout. So Debbie will, uh, if you want to put your hand up, Debbie will grab you one of those and give you one of those uh, so you are able to make your own notes and stay with us as we track through these verses. <clears throat> so not long after the disciples had been arguing amongst themselves who's the greatest and who is Uh, you know, the best among them, Uh, James and John go and ask Jesus if they can sit at his side when he takes his throne. So they say, Jesus, we want to ask you to do one thing. Jesus says, what is it you want me to do? And they say, let one of us sit on your left and the other one sit on your right. And as we've been going through the book of Mark, we're kind of seeing that the disciples don't fully grasp what Jesus is doing and don't fully grasp what Uh, Jesus in the kingdom of God really looks like. And so you almost get this picture that they assume that Jesus is going to overthrow the Roman Empire and then sit on the throne here on earth and that they're going to have these positions that they can fill. And so the issue that's at hand here again with the disciples is one of authority and of leadership among the 12. And the 12, as we said, are Jesus' 12 disciples. It's important for us to remember uh, as we're kind of going through 
this morning's uh, passage that we're all probably leaders of someone to some degree in our lives. You know, if you're a parent, uh, you are a leader and an influencer of your children. Uh, If you are a business owner or a manager in business, you are a leader and an influencer of those who work for you. Uh, If you are a ministry leader, you're a leader and an influencer of those who uh, serve on your leadership team and also an influencer of those who are the recipients of your ministry. And at the very least, every single person in this room is a leader of themselves. Choosing who you're going to allow to influence your life, choosing who or what you're going to allow to speak into the way you live and into your relationships. And so Jesus has gone through uh, the book of Mark, and he's taught his disciples many times that leadership in his kingdom requires humility and a willingness to submit to God and serve others. A willingness to submit to God and serve others. And we've seen throughout Mark that Jesus has all authority over all things in heaven and on earth. So he is the authority. But Jesus is kind of walking, he's walking towards Jerusalem, uh, which as we heard uh, last week is the journey that they're on. And he knows that once he gets there, he's going to be crucified. That once he gets there, uh, within the week, uh, he is going to be killed. And in the meantime, his closest companions, uh, the 12 disciples, are vying for positions of authority and influence. And so here comes James and John. Bold, bold young men. And uh, in, Matthew, uh, in Matthew's account of this story, it actually mentions that James and John's mother is a part of the conversation for them asking Jesus for this. But they go up to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we want you to do something for me, for us. Anyone done that to Jesus? I want you to do something for me. And they say, let us sit at either side of you when you are seated on your throne. Let us have influence and authority in your kingdom. And Jesus responds in verse 42 by making reference to the Roman leaders and rulers who rule over the Jews and whose rule is characterized by violence and injustice. This is all happening This is all happening shortly after Jesus had just told them in Mark 9, verse 35. The the chapter just before this, Jesus said to them that anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. So they've kind of forgotten that instruction. And Jesus reinforces that in verse 43. When he says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And so our first point this morning, if you're taking notes, is that a disciple of Jesus serves others. Disciple of Jesus serves others. You know, our natural tendency, uh, our natural human tendency uh, is to want to be served. Sorry, let me speak for myself. My natural human tendency is to want to be served. And so uh, I've, I've often mentioned how much I love flying. Uh, one, one of the things I love about flying is I get to sit there 
for the duration of the flight, and everything comes to me. I got the entertainment at my fingertips for hours. You know, my breakfast comes, dinner comes, lunch comes. If I need anything, I push a bell, and the stewardess comes. And uh, we kind of, you know, we kind of get all these things uh, that come to us, and we love it when things are kind of laid out and ready for us. Anyone agree with that? We love, when, we love it when things are all done. And we love it when we're being served. It just makes life a whole lot more pleasurable and a whole lot more enjoyable. And so Jesus does what he's always done throughout Scripture and uh, throughout his ministry. He flips what is the natural tendency. He flips what is the cultural expectation completely on its head. And so what we like, it almost seems like what we, what we want and what we like is the opposite of what Jesus gives us. And he says, what, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. A statement that we see Jesus modeling uh, later on in verse 45. So Jesus is calling his disciples to be the kind of people and the kind of leaders who care about the needs of others. Care about the needs of others. Not for selfish ambition, uh, not for pride, not for recognition, not to gain any honor, but just out of obedience to the grace and the mercy of God. Out of obedience to the love and the grace and mercy that we received. And so he redefines for the 12 and for the reader of these scriptures. Remember, this, this, the book of Mark was written for uh, the Roman church. And Jesus redefines uh, through Mark in this passage for the reader and for the 12, godly servanthood and leadership. And he defines what that looks like. If you want to become great, you must become the last. He's showing them that they must be moral. He's showing them they must be gentle, uh, that they must be respected, uh, even by non-Christians. Uh, he's showing them that they need to be faithful to their wives, uh, good leaders to their families, all things which are in, in stark contrast to the Roman leaders who were at the time threatening their subjects with crucifixion and killing people in order to maintain their own power and their own authority. And so Jesus makes reference to that kind of leadership in addressing this question of authority. You know, this is a point that is very relevant for us today. Uh, when, when we have uh, earthly governments and earthly rulers who are carrying out a somewhat godless agenda, it's a very, it's a very real tension for us as Christians today to deal with with that, in light of what it says in Romans 13, where we read that Jesus expects us to, to obey and to submit to human rulers. That tension of upholding godly righteousness in balance with submitting to civil governments who are gone astray. And so here all the disciples are being called to follow the example of Jesus to serve, and not the example of secular leaders to serve just enough in order to accumulate money and power 
for themselves or for their selfish agendas. It goes on in Mark 10, verse 44. Jesus says, And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. I don't know about anyone else, but I don't like that word slave. Anyone like the word slave? No. Right, the Greek word slave that's been used here means uh, someone who is bound to another to see to their need. Someone who is bound to another to see to their need. It's, it signifies being subject to one another. It signifies being in relationship uh, with one another. It does not signify being in bondage to someone. So it is slightly different to what we understand. Jesus is not talking about the straight master-slave relationship as uh, we understand it. He's talking about being slave to God's will, first and foremost, a slave to God's will to meet the needs of all who God is calling you to serve. He's saying, I want you to be a slave to God's will and a slave to the call of God on your life so that you can meet the needs of all the people that I am calling you to serve. And I'd have to say that Jesus was pretty bound to mankind to see our need of salvation and freedom from bondage of sin. He was pretty connected to us to see to our need of salvation, to free us from that bondage. Philippians 2, verse 7 to 8, in the NLT, it says, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Our second point this morning is that a disciple of Jesus walks humbly in obedience to God. Disciples are called to walk in obedience to God's word, in obedience to his spirit, in obedience to God's will. Now, all throughout uh, the book of Mark, uh, Mark's pretty ruthless in his account of the disciples' failings. Uh, I think more so than any of the other writers. Uh, he, he, highlights, uh, he highlights quite boldly uh, their faithlessness. He highlights uh, in his accounts their lack of understanding. He highlights their selfish agendas, as we're seeing here. And they've often been challenged by Jesus and, and put in some pretty humbling situations and experiences. And these, these guys, as we've seen them track on this journey and learn from Jesus, they're just starting to learn that their job is not to establish or maintain a kingdom here on earth under Jesus. Because God already has a plan for Jesus. And God's plan for Jesus was that he was going to die for the sins of the world. But rather, their job is to lead people and bring people closer to Jesus. The job of the disciple, to bring people and lead people closer to Jesus. Disciples walk in humility and obedience. Humility says, it's not about me. 
And obedience says it's all about God's will. To walk in humility, understanding it's not about me. And then to walk in obedience, understanding it's not my will, but God's will. And so when we remember that the whole, when we remember that the role of every disciple, every believer is to bring the church and, and other individuals closer to Jesus, to be a slave takes a whole new meaning. That meaning is that we're bound to people to serve their need for Jesus. Being a slave to God's will means being bound to people to serve their need for Jesus. Mark 10 verse 45. Jesus goes on to say, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The word used here for ransom refers to the price that is paid to redeem a captive. It also means a compensation for a crime or for an injury. The crime against mankind was that we were sinners. Jesus was our ransom for that. And the reason Jesus was able to proclaim uh, liberty to the captives, the reason he was able to proclaim that prisoners would be set free is because he is the one who will be sacrificed as a ransom for the sin of many. Hebrews 9 verse 28 tells us, So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. Our final point this morning is that a disciple of Jesus gives sacrificially. Ah, oh, there's all these words we don't like this morning. You know, our salvation was free for us. But it cost Jesus his life. Jesus had to sacrifice himself that we could have it. And so being a part of, uh, being a disciple of Jesus and being a part of extending God's kingdom may require a sacrifice from us. Any ministry leader can tell you that there is a sacrifice to leading in church, to leading in ministry. There's a sacrifice of time, investing into someone's life, investing into relationship. There may be a sacrifice of energy, giving to service, giving in service, a sacrifice of priorities. We so often set our own priorities that aren't in line with God's plan and God's purpose for us. Being a disciple may require a sacrifice. The 12 disciples left their families and their jobs at a drop of a hat to follow Jesus. Now, we're not all called 
uh, to that sort of extreme. But whenever we're called to do something great, whenever we're called to a greater purpose, and, and let's face it, even in our own lives, whenever we've made the decision to do something big in our own lives, it's required a sacrifice to fulfill it. Something gives. And Jesus is reminding the disciples in this passage that among those in the kingdom of God, among those seeking to be great and to do great things in Him and through Him, anyone who wants to be first must be very last and the servant of all. Now, the word many in verse 45, it contrasts the statement, life that was ransomed in the same verse. And so the sacrifice was this. His life that was ransomed for many lives. 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 The implication is that with no limitations whatsoever, Jesus died for all mankind. I believe that's what he wants our heart to be. Broken like his is for all mankind. Broken like his is for the mission. Because Mark's introduction of Jesus in 1-1, where he shows us that Jesus is human, where he shows us that Jesus is God, where he shows us that Jesus is the way. Because of that introduction of Jesus, the readers of the Gospel of Mark know exactly who Jesus is. And again, we've, saw, we've seen how interesting a journey it's been for the disciples to discover that. They didn't have the hindsight I've been told in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, before they went with Jesus, Jesus is the Son of God. He is God. They discovered all of that on the way. And so the reader today knows exactly who Jesus is. But the teaching in Mark's book leads the reader to reconsider our view of Jesus. Just think about if your view of Jesus has been changed just a little bit in the last five weeks. Mark leads us to reconsider and evaluate whether we truly acknowledge Jesus' complete divinity and authority. We can often say we do. But in reading through this book, he challenges us 
like he does the disciples, to acknowledge if we really do. He leads us to evaluate whether we will adopt the servanthood that's taught and modeled by Jesus. And so as we close this morning, I want us just to take a minute just to evaluate that in our own lives. Just take a minute to pray and consider. Are we disciples who serve others? Are we disciples who walk humbly in obedience to God? Are we disciples who give sacrificially like Jesus did? So understanding that our mission as disciples is to draw people to the kingdom of God and helping them find their place in the family of God. Will we take up the call to be a slave to all and a servant to all?